Hello everyone, welcome to the episode 97 of Solid Saturday. Our today's guest, Kevin Albin, served 25 years with the police in the UK, 8 years of which were with a tactical firearms unit. He then took a career change and trained as a guide working across the globe on mountaineering trips and expeditions for conservation. He has led many trips to the jungles of Borneo, his favorite destination. He writes articles on conservation and on subject self-reflection and is the author of Stone Child, an eco-fiction novel where the famous statues of London come to life with a message on saving the world. As we don't listen, the battle for London begins. He currently lives in France where he also teaches English. Wow. So would you like to join me and welcome him on our Solid Saturday, today's episode. And let's just hear more about his career journey. How did he find his area of interest and managing to lead that? Hey, hi, Kevin. Good afternoon to you. And yeah, very happy to have you on the show. Really appreciate all your time and consideration being on the show. I'm very pleased to be here. Thank you for the invite. Yeah, it's all my pleasure and I really, I'm really very excited actually to learn your career journey because you have taken such a career shift in your career path. So it would be interesting to explore that more and learn more about your side as well. So to begin with, our very first segment is about passion or the interest where we are giving the audience an idea how one can find their area of interest or the passion while they are studying or you know pursuing their education. So you are a guide writer and in past you have served for police like almost 25 years. So how did you find your areas of interest in different different uh, areas and what motivates you to be where you are today? Okay, um, I, I joined the police force at the tender age of 18 years of age and uh, so I was very young and, uh, and I loved it. It was an absolute passion of mine to be a police officer. And in, and in fact, the, the, the jobs I do or have done uh, have a connection because they're about looking after people. As a police officer, you're there to look after people. You're there to respond. You know, it could be that they're um, a witness or a victim or even as someone that has committed a crime. All of those people need help from the police officers. And it's true. Criminals need help as well. You know, we don't we don't want criminals to be criminals, but often they commit crime for a reason. You know, maybe they don't have enough money or that's the way they are. So they, they need help as well. Mm-hmm. Being a guide is very similar because I look after people, sometimes in hostile environments. Mm-hmm. Um, but often people come on my trips. Uh, it can be about conservation or it can be just to climb to the top of Kilimanjaro, for example. But often people come because they're at that point in their life when they want some change or they've they've been ill or they've known someone that's ill or uh, they've been through a divorce or some difficulty in their life. And that we I often find myself facilitating the group to say, you know, where are you in life and where are you going? And and it's not just about climbing Kilimanjaro or spending time in the jungle. It's often about human beings being together and 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 it's looking after them again so that that's my passion really is is looking after people i'm very passionate about people and um wow. and it's very nice to have those, those sorts of environments to work in 
Wow. So the, you took a serving approach actually. So you were interested into the people. So you talk, you try to serve to the people. So that's why police. So <laughs> I can completely get it actually. So thank you so much for sharing. And moving towards our next segment is more or about questions from the audience. We have shortlisted a couple of questions for you. So the first question is around your, you know, one side of you, which is you worked and served for police for 25 years. So when you were police, can you describe a very distressing situation in which you remained calm and collected? Ooh, um, as your viewers can probably appreciate, being a police officer is quite a different type of job. There's a lot of stress on most days. Most days you end up dealing with some sort of incident. And, and I had the privilege of working uh, on a tactical firearms team. So that means I carried a gun, which is not usual in the UK. They're not routinely armed. Um, I also worked as a hostage negotiator. So that was something completely different as well. So policing in itself is quite often a stressful job. And I can think of one thing, one, one incident perhaps that may describe uh, the many facets of being a police officer. It was while working as a negotiator, there was a man who was very stressed with life. Mm -hmm. um, he had opened all the gas appliances in his ground floor apartment. He was in a block of apartments and he was there at the front door with a lighter threatening to ignite the gas and therefore blow up the whole of the building. Uh, as a negotiator, um, you try to uh, connect with the person, you try to talk to them, you try to understand them, you try to give them empathy, but the end result is to persuade them to stop doing what they're threatening to do. And I spoke to him for probably close on four hours and, and finally persuaded him to come out. Now, that was that was that was very stressful I had been trained to do that but it was, uh, it was a stressful circumstance but also needed a great deal of patience you know mm -hmm. you could, you, we couldn't go in for example because he just had to flick the lighter and that would have it and the fire and rescue service had already shown us that there was a high risk of of an incident of something blowing up so uh, I was I was very pleased when finally he said yes okay I'll come out <laughs> so, wow sorry Wow, yeah. this is uh, like you know, for, for to listen, it sounds like very interesting, but when you are actually facing it as a police, I think you require a lot of uh, bravery, courage, and you know, as you mentioned, you have to be patient with the other person. Because I, I, think, I think some of that, I mean, a lot of that comes from training. You do a lot of training, the negotiator training was very intense, for example, but you're, you're training all the time, and the other thing is. You have the support of a team behind you. You have the support of all your colleagues, and 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 that is excellent. You know, that's that's, wow. that's very strong. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. And uh, second side of you is you are a mountain guide actually. So you took a career shift, and uh, after twenty five years. So we have a question which is about mountain guiding. So as a mountain guide, share an example of a time you had to gather information from multiple sources. How did you determine which information was relevant? Okay, I can think of perhaps an incident once when working in Peru. Mm -hmm. uh, we're on a long trek called the Larry's Trek, which goes up to around 5,000 meters. Mm 
Uh, I had a big group on this occasion because um, two groups had been put together after the volcano in Iceland had stopped all the travel, if you remember Mm -hmm. that. And so we ended up having two groups together. So I had a lot of people and they became spread out over the mountain. Mm-hmm. which is not ideal. I'd put, sooner keep all my, all my clients together, but that's what had happened. And um, I got a call on the radio to say that there were two people in different areas who were suffering with altitude sickness. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, there was a storm coming, an electric, a lightning storm. And my method of evacuation was mules. And I found out that the local guide, sometimes we use local guides as well, who were looking after the mules, he'd sent them ahead without consultation, without speaking to me. He'd sent them ahead over the pass uh, to the lunch stop. So I had no mules left. Mm. So I had to stop the lead group, make sure that they were warm and safe, run down the mountain to find each of the two individuals and make sure that they were getting medical assistance with oxygen, organize the evacuation by bringing the mules back. Um, And so that that was a lot of information at one time, assessing who needed the most of my attention or any attention at at that time, who who took the priority. Mm -hmm. And when the incident was finished, I had to debrief the local guide um and in fact i ended up sacking him because his actions of sending the mules ahead was completely unacceptable and we employed new local guides to to assist us on the trip so it's a lot of information but again i hark back onto the training as a police officer you have a lot of incidents like that where there's lots of balls in the air and you and you have to make decisions on which ones to catch it's as simple as that so Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, how, like, uh, I just, uh, it is just out of curiosity, like, you know, how did you find that career shift actually? So uh, what made you to decide that, you know, I don't want to lo- no longer serve for police and I would like to be a mountain guide? Okay. Um, not not wishing, wishing to criticize anyone, but I was in the period of when the government was making a lot of changes um and that and that happens of course financial cuts and uh decisions on how we police and 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 in that period when i joined i joined in the 1970s you know late 70s and uh people join because as a vocation you want to help people it's not just a a, a job uh, you want to actually help people and i felt that we were being prevented from helping the public we were no longer serving them as we should do we were tied up in paperwork and administration and and bureaucracy and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I became very frustrated with it. And I I was in charge of a police station. So you'd think I have, I would have had the autonomy to police how I felt we ought to police, but that wasn't the case. And in that frustration, talking to one of my best friends, and I said, I've had enough, I'm going to leave. And he suggested, why don't I retrain as a guide? And, and it was like a light bulb coming on. And I thought, wow, what a wonderful idea. I'm always in the mountains in my own leisure time. So why don't I do it as a job? And I started the training uh, to become a guide. Simple yeah. as that. Wow. That's, that's great, actually. And a great story to learn as well, like, you know, from, from students to how they can manage to shift their career as well and do the great. Because sometimes it happens that, you know, uh, taking the career shift after you work so long, 
it's quite a difficult task because you get used to what you are doing and uh, this is definitely an inspiring story <laughs> from, you're absolutely right there because i think it's very difficult people get very set in their ways or they have apprehension or fear about changing it takes people people say it takes a lot of courage i think it it takes a determination to say you know if, if i'm unhappy i need to do something about it your happiness is your responsibility it's yeah, yeah. it's not down to someone else it's down to you to make yourself happy and, yes. and if the job is not pleasing you any longer then have have the determination and 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 make a plan to actually change it and go forward with it Yeah. yeah that's very true that nobody is responsible for your happiness you are the only person so thank you so much for sharing and we are moving towards the next segment which is more or about like you know fun or the relaxation segment here i'm going to give you three keywords associated with your profile or the career and you have to just tell me immediately whatever comes to your mind so it can be an abstract definition it can be a replacement keyword or uh after hearing all those three words if you want to come up with something creative uh, we are welcome to hear that as well so are you ready yes i'm ready <laughs> so the first keyword that we have is like it is a uh, togetherness actually there are a couple of words together so the, the first word is uh safety and security uh well safety and security uh, i i would instantly think of police mm -hmm. uh um police and reassurance would be the two words that spring to mind okay and uh, second keyword that we have is people oh uh, uh in the first word that came into my mind there was love <laughs> which may sound a bit yeah, cliche you already mentioned actually you, yeah. i find i find uh, you know people there's so much so much potential in us as human beings you know we we and and life is difficult but it, anyway yes love i'd go with love and i totally get it and then the third keyword is climate change oh uh crikey um optimism um necessity to do something urgently mm -hmm. yeah. yeah that's great actually and thank you so much for being impromptu in this particular section uh we are moving towards the one more segment which is about exploring your career work or volunteering or little more you know exploring about you so we already discussed two paths like you know you are the you served for the police for 25 years and then you shifted it to the mountain guide and you are a writer now so you write also a lot so tell us more about your book stone child and what is it about and what message you have given through this book okay th thanks lisha for the for the opportunity um so during covid of course i couldn't work as a guide i had to stop because there was no travel and no clients and and and, and that's a fact of life i've always written bits and pieces for magazines to do with policing or to do with guiding um but i'd had an idea from some time ago when working one time in london um and looking at statues london statues i've always like many people i'm sure i've always had this idea what if the statue came alive what if there was a connection with a statue and the dead person that they could communicate their thoughts through the statue so during the covid i sat down and wrote uh, stone child and um stone child and uh 
it's about the London statues that come to life. Um, it starts with Sir Winston Churchill in the House's, House of Commons, and he comes to life um, with a, a serious message about the conservation and the fact that we need, you know, we, we're talking about conservation, and but we're not really doing much about it. And we have to take radical action to stop the use of fossil fuels and, and, and find renewable energy. And, and that needs a complete reset of the world, rethinking of the way we live our lives. So it was an opportunity to write this exciting, fun novel um, the hero of the book is a, a young 15-year-old Molly Hargreaves who gets who runs around London looking for clues. There's some humour, there's some history. Uh, there, there are some cryptic clues in the book, and she has to solve what's behind the statues. Are they really trying to help us, or uh, are they actually trying to take over? And uh, ends up with a big battle in London and, and, and those sorts of things. So there's a message there about the environment, certainly, but it's also... I have a teenage son and I know how difficult life can be through the teenage years. So it's to talk about teenage life, adolescence, but I also I touch on racism and, and mm. the way we look at each other. And, and, and so but that's all done in a very light hearted way and part of the story. So I was thrilled to, to write it. I've been I, I still pleases me now when I pick it up and read it. I'm very thrilled to. For it to be published and uh, and it's selling well and 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 I'd love someone to pick it up and say that would make a fantastic film, particularly with today's CGI. You know, statues coming to life and and all how that could be created would would be excellent. So that that would be that would be the, my ultimate uh, reward of writing it if someone <laughs> makes a film. <laughs> but yeah, so this is really very great idea. You know, uh, the way you come up with the stone child and i would definitely encourage audience to check this book as well as kevin mentioned that you know it could be a film so there is an opportunity for the uh, directors of the producers like you know if they would like to make a documentary or the film out of it so thank you so much for sharing uh, your side about writing as well and moving towards our next segment it's more or about tips or advice and here you can support your answer with books or courses so the question is, any tips or advice would you like to give to the students or the professionals who are looking to get into this particular career track or uh, explore different areas, whether it is a police or the mountain guide or whether it is a writing and looking that as their long-term career option? Okay. Um, all of those professions, uh, I think, are very honourable professions. They're, you're, you're out there to to look after people or you're out there to communicate to people. Um, so my, my advice would be to feel the passion, mm-hmm. you know, whether as a police officer or a guide or as a writer, feel the passion that's there and, and, and really embrace that passion to say, I'm going to give it 100%. I'm not going to do, you know, I do that part time. But if you want to choose a job, then choose the job that's really going to make you passionate about what you do. It changes life completely. And we talk about, we hear about people going, I hate my job, but change it. Go and find something that really excites you. Mm. And, um, and certainly there's plenty to be going on with at the moment with the climate crisis and the environment things and the loss of biodiversity and, and, and people mm. with the, the way we mental health illnesses and, and poverty and, and children. There's, there's so much in the world to get your teeth into, to really get a grip with. But see what, what 
really stimulates you and really feel the passion for what you're going to do and 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 you'll have an amazing life an amazing job wow that's great and uh, good advice to have very wise actually uh, when it comes to areas of expertise i think it is very very important that you find that excitement or the stimulus as you said uh, which encourages you to do more in that particular space so thank you so much and uh, no doubt the way you are talking you are leading your area of expertise so our last segment of the episode is leadership so you are truly leading your areas of ex- interest so what is your leadership style and any specific leader that you always follow or admire and why okay um leadership style i used to i used to teach leadership skills when i was a police officer in the police and uh, and there's there's many ways of doing that and often there's a list of all the different leadership styles and i believe that a good leader he or she will ad- adapt the leadership style necessary for the circumstances for wow. the scene for the scenario, scenario that they're in um you you can have one particular leadership style but you really need all of the leadership styles you need to be able to say you know if, if you're in a building and you're the leader in charge of the staff in that building and the building's on fire for example you need to adopt the leadership style that says come with me urgently you know sort of autocratic that you follow me you don't want a vote on it you don't want to be democratic and say who wants to vote that we leave by this door there's no time so the leadership style adjusts to the circumstances mm-hmm. wow. do i follow anyone not not specifically but if i see a, an example of leadership good leadership style i'll often make a mental note of that and and think maybe i'll use that in future and and those sorts of things um yeah that that would be my answer yeah okay okay so but i received this very interesting answer actually and the way i see the value add to it like in the leadership styles that i'm learning different different leadership styles people admire from their uh, you know whoever they follow or they admire so this is very interesting actually because uh, this is very true that that leader should be adaptive actually along with the circumstances and uh, be the leader necessary at that point or the you know suitable for that particular circumstance so this is really very important thing i guess uh, a quality associated with the leadership and thank you so much for sharing and uh, also it was great learning from your career experiences so thank you so much for being guest to the solid saturday and sharing your valuable experiences as well as the career journey really appreciate it Thank you Alicia absolutely delightful to to chat with you thank you so much okay. all right so this is all about kevin and the way he is managing to lead his areas of expertise before we close our today's episode uh as we have somebody from the police who served for police for 25 years today's quote we are going to close it on a safety and security So today's quote is from Nelson Mandela and the quote says safety and security don't just happen they are the result of collective consensus and public investment we owe our children the most vulnerable citizens in our society a life free of violence and fear Wow, this is the amazing one. And on that quote, we are closing today's episode. See you guys in the next episode. Until we meet, happy leading. Let's lead together. Stay safe. Bye for now.